Hey guys, this is Chelsea Eithoven and you're listening to Vibrancy Radio. I spent the better part of two decades in pursuit of shrinking my body, but diet after diet, I still never felt enough. And I don't know about you, but the last word I would use to describe myself while on a diet is vibrant. After becoming a certified health and nutrition coach, I finally dropped the diets, learned to trust my body again, and rediscovered the vibrancy that was within me all along. And now I help women like you do the same. Vibrancy Radio is your new go-to resource for science-backed nutritional knowledge, major mindset shifts, and body image breakthroughs. So if you're ready to stop feeling so dang stressed about food all the time and start focusing on all the things that make you unique and vibrant, then welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Vibrancy Radio. How are you today? I hope you're doing excellent. So as you could have gathered from the title of this episode, today we're going to be chatting about something a little bit different and a little bit out of the normal wheelhouse of Vibrancy Radio's health and wellness, right? And today we're going to be discussing ADHD in women. Before we dive into this topic, I do want to say I normally start with things I'm loving, and I actually am not going to do that this week because I just want to dive straight into this topic and concentrate fully on this because it's something that is pretty darn important. So some of you may be thinking that this is totally coming out of left field. In fact, most of you probably are, I'm sure, and you're probably wondering why I'm sharing this with you. So I have a little bit of news (laughs) that you may or may not have guessed, but I was diagnosed with ADHD, particularly ADHD combined type, which means both hyperactive and inattentive at the ripe old age of 30. (laughs) So it has been quite a roller coaster of emotions, and I've learned so much about why I do so many things that I do. And I've just learned, I've learned so much over the past four months about ADHD that I really feel compelled to share this with you. So this isn't going to be a scientific look at ADHD, right? This isn't going to be research-based for the most part, but rather it's just going to be my personal story because when I started hearing individuals' personal stories of what ADHD looked like, particularly ADHD in women and adult women and young girls, I found myself saying, that's me. That's me too. Oh my gosh, I do that. I do that. Wait, that's an ADHD thing too? And that is when I knew that I had to learn more about this. So I found that hearing people's stories connected me with it even more than just reading from the scientific, you know, things that I could find on Google of how Google describes ADHD. Okay. So this episode in particular is going to be dedicated to anyone who might be silently suffering with the symptoms that I'll be discussing. The symptoms that I had really been silently suffering with for 30 years and had no idea, A, that they were all connected, and B, that there was a name for them, which means that there was actually a way to change them, right? So I am going to be talking about a lot of my negative 
symptoms and the negative ways that ADHD has affected my life. Again, because I want you to be able to recognize this in yourself. And if you do recognize yourself in this, then you will have the opportunity to kind of notice it and 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 make some changes if that's what you want to do. But I don't want you to think that ADHD is all doom and gloom. It can actually be really awesome too. And we'll discuss also some of the the funner symptoms or the positive sides of ADHD. But it really can cause some negative repercussions in your life, both in your life in general and how you view yourself, your self-esteem. So Why does this matter and why did I decide that this topic was important to cover, right? Why didn't I just get my diagnosis and move on with my normal life and my normal content that I've been talking about? Well, number one, now I'm looking at everything that has worked for me in terms of health and wellness and everything that has not worked for me in terms of health and wellness and understanding that ADHD is a part of all of that. The strategies that work particularly for me may also work particularly well for people with ADHD because we have similar brains, right? And as you know, I talk a lot about the psychology of eating and where our brain fits into our health and fitness. And so I thought it would be really valuable to bring this information to you because without that context, a lot of people may listen to this podcast and not resonate with it, but people with ADHD may be like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense to me, right? So it's just looking at it through a whole new lens. And if I would have heard this on a wellness podcast that I listened to years ago, even if it was completely random, right, and completely kind of out of left field, then it might have helped me be diagnosed sooner, which means that a lot of the things that I have been struggling with, I might have learned to be able to cope with sooner. And that is my whole reasoning here and thinking, you know what, this is completely random, but I also think it's valuable. And so I want to share with you my personal experience. And another reason that I think this matters is because people with ADHD often live with a lot of shame, especially undiagnosed ADHD, because you don't understand that there is a reason for all of these things that are going on, all the symptoms we're going to be discussing today. So we are just going to dive right in and start talking about it. So first of all, what is ADHD? According to the American Psychiatric Association, I'm literally reading directly off their website, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is one of the most common mental disorders affecting children. ADHD also affects many adults. Symptoms of ADHD include inattention, not being able to keep focus, hyperactivity, excess movement that is not fitting to the setting, and impulsivity, hasty acts that occur in the moment without thought. Now, just reading that, I'll be honest, because that was my view of ADHD until recently, right? And that brief little blurb was all I knew about it the entire time I was teaching kindergarten, even working with ADHD students. And really, I thought that it was something that you could see with the naked eye and that everyone could recognize, right? And I never in one million years would have thought that me myself had ADHD. And, you know, a lot of people think that 
ADHD is just the hyper little boy disorder, right? Like bouncing off the walls, little boy, that is ADHD. And that's a picture that still today most people have in their minds. But it affects adults and particularly adult females as well. Unfortunately, adult women go chronically underdiagnosed with ADHD. Many times women will go in for help and end up being misdiagnosed because mood disorders are more associated with women. So things like depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and they more so associate ADHD with men. And of course, this is not all practitioners. There are people who are very well versed in ADHD, but every single doctor is not. And so that's an important thing to know. Because that's actually a part of my story as well. An earlier misdiagnosis, something that I have a sneaking suspicion was ADHD all along. I was diagnosed with something else. And I will tell you about that a little bit later. So so how did I find out that I had this diagnosis, this random out of left field diagnosis of ADHD? At 30 years old, mind you, you know, I mean, that that was the biggest thing that blew my mind. I was like, how did I live 30 years of my life not knowing that this was a part of me? How did nobody recognize it, right? So it was something that I kind of stumbled upon, to be honest. And unfortunately, many women also have to stumble into their diagnosis because of the lack of knowledge of what it looks like. So It was more so, it was a realization of symptoms that I had had for years, if not a lot of them my entire life, and things that I didn't realize were all connected somehow. So it wasn't just symptoms that just showed up on my doorstep all of the sudden, and that's pretty common. It's things that are chronic and going on for your entire life because ADHD is something that you have for your entire life. However, this past year of 2020, I started my own business. That was when previous to that, I was a kindergarten teacher. So I was doing a job where I was kind of bouncing from thing to thing, up and at them, always moving, you know, very active, very, very little amount of focus in a kindergarten classroom because children at that age can't focus that much anyways, right? So I started my business in 2020. And as we all know, then there was the lockdown and I also moved a place that Um, We actually have a winter, (laughs) so I'm right here in North Mississippi, right close to Memphis, Tennessee, and there was just a lot of big changes all at once. So we had a winter, meaning like I I don't like the cold very much, so I wasn't going outside as much or doing as many outdoor activities. So a lot of things at once really exacerbated my symptoms and had them come out to the fullest. Particularly, I think, though, just working from home and starting my business and starting something new, a new career where I really had to sit down and focus when it came to work. And I could not do it. I had so many struggles. So, but I actually, I'll be honest, I really, at that point, didn't even think anything of it. I really started to just think that, wow, I'm really just lazy. And I 
can't sit down and make myself do my work. There's nothing else distracting me in this house. What is wrong with me? I'm just lazy. I'm not going to be able to build my business to what I want to build it to. Why can't I get my butt in gear? Why am I not motivated? And why when I actually do sit down to do something, mind you, even things that I enjoyed doing, why can't I follow through with it and finish it? It was very frustrating and it was really just... it it made me feel really down and low. And I I took on all that responsibility on myself and felt like there was something wrong with me and that this meant that I wouldn't be able to be as successful as I wanted to be. But even all that isn't what kind of raised my eyebrows and said, hmm, I might have ADHD. All that happened and I still just kind of struggled through it and didn't realize And randomly enough, in probably maybe September or October, I was having a conversation with someone on Instagram. And it was so random. And I'm not going to mention this person's name because I haven't asked permission. But if you are listening to this, you know who you are. And thank you so much for saying this because... This was such a game changer, and I don't even know why, but I am so appreciative to you. So it started with this person. We were having a conversation on Instagram. I think she posted something with Mel Robbins, and I commented on it and was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I love this. And she responded and said, yes, Mel Robbins is awesome. I love her. She's the person who made me realize that I have ADHD. And I was like, huh. And I don't know why, there's really no reason for it, but for some reason, I had this intuitive nudge. I just heard this little voice inside myself that was like, you need to check out ADHD. Look up ADHD. And I I don't know why. I have no idea why, because she wasn't talking about me. She wasn't talking about, there was nothing in that conversation that really sparked it, but there was just something in me hearing another woman talk about the fact that she realized later in life she was diagnosed with ADHD, something in that just made me feel like I had to start investigating it for myself. So I did. And of course, I went to the Google and, you know, just saw what I could see and kind of Googled probably ADHD symptoms. And after I did that, first of all, it took a little bit of digging because the first results you'll find are all ADHD symptoms in children. So it does look different in children than adults. And finally, when I found the adult-specific symptom list, I was shocked. I felt that almost every single symptom, like I'm not kidding, every single one was pretty spot on with things that I had been dealing with my entire life. And, and particularly my adult life, because my obviously our memories of childhood are pretty fuzzy. But I do remember a lot of the things that they say about childhood ADHD as well. And I was just in such a, I was just in awe. And all of these things and all of these perceived shortcomings and personal failures, I just attributed it to me not being good enough or like my personality, right? Like, oh, that's just my personality. I'm just like that. And some of those personal failures and things like that, I thought that I just had to work harder and I would be able to get better at those things. And of course, we're going to discuss what those things are and the symptoms in a couple minutes. But I think this is important to know because I had been 
I'm obsessed with self-development. I'm obsessed with health and wellness and really becoming the best version of myself. I wouldn't be in this career if I wasn't. And part of me thinks that because I've just been searching for something to help me with all of these things that I did not know were actually part of my ADHD. And if I would have known that previously, I might have been able to actually solve these problems in a way that's that's particular to people with ADHD, not just beating around the bush with all these personal development things that don't really work that well for people with ADHD. Okay, went a little off course there. So as I typically do when I get interested in a topic, I obsessively researched it. <laughs> that's what I do. I was like all in. I bought a book about adult ADHD. I was watching every YouTube channel. By the way, I will do in the future some really great resources that I found because I've found some excellent resources for ADHD. But I bet was looking up on YouTube. I was reading this book. I was finding all kinds of people on Instagram and TikTok, which by the way, there's a ton. And that was a pleasant surprise. I didn't realize that. But I was just obsessively researching and this was my newest thing. And this is what I do. Like I find something and I become absolutely obsessed with it for sometimes a short period of time and sometimes a long period of time. So this was my latest obsession. I learn everything I can learn about the topic and I just go all in and I like it's all the information I want to consume. Oh, and I was listening to a ton of podcasts on the topic and I found out in the process that this is also apparently a characteristic of ADHD, becoming really obsessed with things and sometimes it only lasting a short period of time, kind of fizzling out. It's called hyperfocus and we we can hyperfocus in multiple ways. We can have hyperfocus is meaning like our kind of obsessions that can last for a long period of time or a short period of time. But there's those things that you just get lost in the moment. Like you could just sit down and start researching these things or doing these things if it's an activity or something for hours and hours and hours and not notice that time can pass, which actually can be not a great thing. It can be a great thing, but it also can affect you in a negative way when you are doing what I was doing, for example, which was not working on on things I needed to work on and instead just researching ADHD for hours on end. <laughs> so as I dug in to what the symptoms looked like and started learning more and more information about it, I, again, like I told you, everything rung so true. And I want to share with you just some of my experiences, not all of my experiences. I really didn't go super in detail because we would be here for a really long time if I were to tell you my entire life story. But I want to tell you some of my experiences of what I was seeing that was aligning with ADHD. And if you are experiencing these things as well, and a lot of this, it's like ringing every bell, checking every box, you're like, oh my gosh, this is me to a T as well. Or even if most of the things are ringing a bell, I highly encourage you to see your doctor if that's a possibility for you. I realize that that is a privilege that not everybody has access to a doctor. So at the very least, maybe start doing more in-depth research about the topic if these are ringing true for you. And there are lots of ways that you can heal and treat and learn to work with ADHD that are not simply going to a doctor. So there are other options and there are 
modifications and accommodations that you can do in your daily life if you do have ADHD that can help you function and thrive. So let's dive into my symptoms. I want to start by saying that these are some of my dirty little secrets. I will be honest, and it's kind of weird to me that I'm saying these on a podcast, but because these are things that I've really felt shame about for years. I mean, years. But again, I am sucking it up and I am being vulnerable and I'm sharing this with you in case even just one of you is also experiencing these and maybe just attributing them to personal failings, right? This podcast is for you because it is not just a personal failing. There may actually be something different in your brain that is causing you to do the things that you do and maybe making it harder for you to do the things that you actually want to do. So in no particular order, I'm just going to kind of spout out some of the symptoms that I was reading about and how those were showing up in my life. So the number one thing that really kind of was the first thing that caught my eye was memory struggles. This is one of the biggest ones that actually had me thinking that I might have ADHD because I have always struggled with my memory in so many ways. Like I'm talking, I forget important dates. Like I forget some of my best friends' birthdays that I've been friends with for decades, like like 15 years, I'll forget their birthdays. I forget... I hope my dad doesn't listen to this, okay? But I forget my dad's birthday every single year. And every single year, I I, I know, like, (laughs) I ask my mom every year when my dad's birthday is. I have to ask her every single year. I know the month and I can never remember the exact day. Numbers are particularly hard for me to remember. I'll say that. But let me also say that my parents have been divorced since I was an infant. So it's not like they're still married. It's like she's just like, okay, can you get this together now? You're 30. Why are you still asking me my ex-husband from 30 years ago, his birthday? <laughs> you know, just crazy. But more so than that, it's like daily memory and how quickly my memory would go. So for instance, forgetting why I walked into a room, forgetting what I was about to say, forgetting where I placed things and therefore losing things a lot of the time, forgetting to text friends back, like looking at the text, reading it, sitting down to do one other thing and saying, okay, I'm going to text them back after that, completely forgetting. Like within less than a minute, I could think something and be like, oh, I need to write that down and forget what I was just about to write down as by the time I've gotten the pen and go to the notebook, like crazy. And I actually kind of really scared me because I thought there was like something really wrong with me. I was worried that like, okay, what is this? Is this early onset dementia? Is this a sign that I'm going to have Alzheimer's? This isn't normal, you know? And a lot of times I would try and counteract that. Now I know that I need to counteract that by writing everything down and never trying to rely on my memory. But sometimes I would go to write things down and be like, oh, I can't forget this. And again, by the time I got to my notebook, I forgot what I was going to write down. That was the most frustrating. But I would, you know, maybe it was affecting my, it always has affected my career and school too, because I would tell clients, I would send them something, right? Like on the phone, I'd say, oh yeah, okay, let me send you this resource or let me do this for you. Or over the next week, I'll create this and send it to you. 
And I would forget because I never wrote it down. It made me feel like such an absolute flake. And I'm like, I didn't mean to, right? I really didn't mean to do this. I really did want to be better about this this stuff. And somehow I felt that I couldn't. There was something in the way. And that was really, really frustrating. And please don't judge me for this last one. (laughs) I feel so horrible about this. And again, I can't believe I'm telling you this. But another thing with the memory, I several times have put my dog outside and forgot that she was there like outside for multiple hours, like two hours. And one time, okay, fine. Two times it was raining. It started raining when she was out there. And I felt like the worst human in the entire world when I remembered she was outside as I was looking at the rain through the window and ran downstairs and let her in. And she was just sitting in the rain as though like just staring out into the distance. You know, she wasn't even trying to get in anymore. She had given up trying to get in. Oh, I feel so bad. I can't even believe I'm saying this on the podcast. But again, some of you may be dealing with this kind of stuff too and being like, what is wrong with my brain? Why can't I remember things? That's horrible. And truthfully, it's just scary. It's like, oh my gosh, can I have children if I forget my dog in the rain, you know? So that is what I was struggling with when it came to memory. Now, of course, what everyone thinks of when they think of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is focus, right? And this is what most people say. Like they just think that this disorder is all about focus. And don't get me wrong, it really is about focus, but it's about so much more, so much more. And focus can affect you in many different ways. So yes, it would interrupt. My focus was always interrupted when I was trying to work. We'll talk about that in a second. But also, I had a really hard time paying attention if anyone told a story that was more than like (laughs) probably a minute long. And my poor husband, you know, I would just like, I couldn't listen to his super long stories. He's such a storyteller. And I'm just like, dude, get to the point. (laughs) And which I say that and I'm the type of person that can't get to the point. So yeah, I know it's a little bit hypocritical, but it is what it is. So I couldn't focus in conversations, particularly like any kind of lecture or anything when I was younger, very hard for me to focus for long periods of time. I would get so fidgety. I kind of wanted to like crawl out of my skin. In college, I remember that feeling particularly because that was the last time that I was actually forced to sit down and we had three hour classes. And I remember just wanting to die in those three hour classes. I was like, would go to the bathroom a hundred times. But that's more of the hyperactivity side a little bit and that physical need to move. But let's get back to focus. See, look, I lost focus. Okay, so I could not focus on work for literally more than five minutes without my brain interrupting me. So what that might look like in real life is like I sit down to to write, let's just say I'm sitting down to write out a podcast outline, okay? So I sit down to write out a podcast outline, and I remember about five minutes in as I'm doing it, I remember something that I need to check in my email. So I go to my email, and as I'm looking at my email, I can't find the thing that I was looking for, but I do notice that there's a sale on something, right? So then I click on the sale and look at it, and it's like a pair of leggings, and I'm looking at the leggings on the website for a little bit, and I'm like, well, this sale is okay. 
okay, but you know what? I could probably get these same things cheaper on Amazon. So then I pull up Amazon and then I'm looking on Amazon and then Amazon shows me something that is for, you know, the for you page. It's like, oh, you might like this. And so I'm like, ooh, what's that? Start clicking on that skincare. All of a sudden now I'm looking at skincare. And then I'm finally like, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be writing a podcast outline. (laughs) So in real life, that's what it can look like just on my computer. A lot of times also I'll kind of stand up and and end up doing something else and find myself reorganizing my pantry when I should be working. It's just, I have focus, but it feels uncontrollable. I can't control where that focus goes. And it's, it's a really big struggle because as you know, with a career and especially a career where you are self-employed and self, self-motivating and you don't have somebody kind of breathing down your back and telling you what to do, that can be a big problem if you can't focus, right? Focus is also something that long-term focus in terms of like hobbies and careers has always also been a struggle for me. And I kind of I kind of attributed this to my personality and I've always said like, I love trying new things. I really chase novelty and newness and I get excited by new things and then I'm easily bored, you know? I didn't know that this was an ADHD thing, right? So I I kind of, I've probably tried to pursue, let's see, I went to college for political science, wanted to be an intellectual property attorney And then I wanted to go to school for fashion, Parsons in New York City. And then I wanted to, I've I've wanted to do like a million careers. Then I was obviously a teacher and now here I am as a health coach. (laughs) So I've done a ton of careers, as many as I possibly could. But the careers that I have tried to do or tried to pursue are so much greater than that. Like a lot greater than that because I just lose interest kind of quickly you know? And same thing with hobbies. Like I'm always finding new hobbies and being obsessed with them and then moving on very quickly. My focus with things like that does not last very long. And, you know, now my ability to focus on work, now my the focus on work and my ability to kind of sit down and work for periods of time, I didn't notice was a problem until I decided to start my business in the beginning of 2020. Because as a kindergarten teacher, really, to be honest, rare is the time that you actually do have to sit down and focus on a day-to-day basis. But there are times that you have to sit down and focus. You have to create lesson plans. You have to sit through PDs, which are professional developments. You have to do lots of paperwork and grading. You have to create interventions. There's all kinds of reasons that you do have to sit down and focus. And when I started looking back, I realized I really did struggle with all of those things. I would sit down and complete half of a lesson plan. And I then, when I actually was going to deliver the lesson and realized I'd only done half of it, I would just, you know, wing it for the second half of the lesson. And so I think I was able to make it through and actually do do pretty well in that career just because of the way that it is and how teaching kindergarten is structured, right? And I kind of just attributed all my scatterbrainedness and 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 lack of memory and and lack of focus to the fact that I was a kindergarten teacher, right? Like I was like 
surely by the time when I start my business, I'll have more attention span and focus. The reason I'm distracted is because I have 30 small children in my classroom at all time, which does make sense, right? And like, of course, I have the attention span of a five-year-old. I'm working with all five-year-olds, you know? They don't want to sit down and do something for a really long time either, which is why I think it was really masked for a really long time. And it was, I, I just kind of went those five years making my way through, but never really achieving the level of excellence in my career that I knew I could if I did have that level of focus. But I was making it through and my kids were growing and doing well and making it to first grade and, you know, all was okay. The rest of my life was kind of a hot mess, but, you know, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> so I just kind of didn't want to deal with it. I was like, of course, I'm too tired to handle all the things on the weekends and everything's a mess around me besides my teaching career. I'm a teacher. I'm tired, right? But a lot of it was actually underlying ADHD. And when I started my business, I a lot of the struggles that I was having trying to work for myself at home, it completely reminded me of things that I had totally forgotten of my pretty much my entire college experience and most of high school as well. I had so many struggles with completing things in college with actually like I I just struggled really badly and my grades struggled and I wasn't able to complete a lot of things and I would literally just not turn stuff in or sometimes I would complete something forget about it and not end up turning it in. Like I would complete it ahead of time, forget about it and not turn it in and get a zero. And just stuff like that completely wrecked my college career. So I had some A's and B's mixed in with some F's and D's and the, you know, C's in there too. So my grades were super sporadic. And in high school, kind of the same thing. In high school, I think it was a little bit easier to manage. But I did fail an entire semester in high school, because I think I just got so overwhelmed and so bored with school. I just, I just stopped. I just, I like, couldn't do it. And the same thing happened in college. I failed an entire semester. I'm talking Fs across the board. Remember, these are my dirty little secrets. Tell you all of my dirty little secrets, which is just crazy to me. But again, I think it's important for anyone who's experiencing this as well. So I failed an entire semester. I was struggling hard to complete all the things I needed to complete. I had a chronic case of like what I would call maybe, how would I say this? You start out obsessed with something and then you fizzle out. That's what I would do with all of my classes. I would start out obsessed and do really, really, really well in the beginning and being like, yes, I'm going to get straight A's and slowly fizzle out over the course of time as things build up or as I started missing things and like then I got too far behind that I got overwhelmed. Long story short, I ended up dropping out of college and I did... I worked, that's the time period that I worked at Disney. So I worked at Disney full time and I ended up coming back to college and finishing for early childhood education. So I I had a lot of the struggles. A lot of the struggles that I had when I started my business were reminding me of that period of time, college and high school. And I was like, oh yeah, this actually is something I've struggled with for a long time. Something else that that I noticed when I in my research that was common in people with ADHD was emotional struggles. And I'm not really going to dive into this one a ton because honestly, I think I'm going to cover this in a future episode because it's a lot 
to cover. But in general, what I was struggling with was a lot of like snippiness and anger outbursts that were kind of out of proportion to the thing that caused it. So for example, if I was typing out a text and I was, and my husband interrupted me, even if I was scrolling Instagram and my husband interrupted me, like, hello, my husband should take more priority than scrolling Instagram. I would get so angry and would like have an outburst at him. And just out of proportion emotions that are common in ADHD. And also kind of a general feeling of like, life could be so much better if I was just better. So kind of always thinking the grass was greener on the other side, right? And side note, I've learned to manage these a lot better throughout my life. I really have because this is something I've focused on in my life and tried to learn how to manage better and wanted to be better at but I've not completely overcome it by any means. And learning that this is something that's common in ADHDers made me realize, okay, I I don't need to have so much shame about this. I can just understand myself a little bit better. Another thing that I struggled with was procrastination and lack of motivation. I had no idea this was an ADHD thing as well, but it was a chronic issue in my life. Like, I chalked it up to laziness, truthfully. And I'm talking procrastinating even the tiniest things like responding to a text or putting one dish in the dishwasher or just just the smallest things. I would procrastinate them for so long and I would do them and I would be like, that took five seconds. Why did I procrastinate that, right? And this actually was accompanied by overwhelm at the thought of just all those daily life things closing in on me. How did people manage it all? And I know a lot of people say this, and a lot of people feel this, people that don't have ADHD as well, but it is pretty prevalent in people with ADHD, just the lack of understanding how people stay on top of it all. How do you take care of your family and take care of yourself and go to the gym and plan your meals and have a successful career and keep, you know, in touch with your friends and relationships and it's just all so much. It all, it like kind of made me shut down. So to me, procrastination, lack of motivation and overwhelm, those all kind of went together. And the last thing, and the one that to me was the most related to my health and wellness struggles, is impulse control. I was reading about impulse control and ADHD. For me, impulse control was a regular struggle. And yeah, I say was, it still is. It's something that's a lifelong thing, but it was a regular struggle. I mean, I'm impulse control can look like so many different things, okay? For me, it came in a few forms, right? Okay, so spending money, impulse spending, driving fast was one that really uh, affected me when I was younger a lot more. I had nine speeding tickets before probably the age of 21. This is really bad. Food, uh, impulse with food and alcohol was was chronic, like just having those impulses all the time. And again, I had learned to manage these a little bit better, but never got to the point where they completely went away, which we'll talk about in a minute why. But food, alcohol, stimulation, like the impulse to look at social media, right, was a real issue and it was interrupting my daily life. And So let's talk about like why people with ADHD struggle with impulse, okay? So people people with ADHD don't produce – so 
Okay, my understanding of this so far, I will say this might not be the perfect explanation, but people with ADHD don't produce and process as much dopamine as a neurotypical brain, which is a regular brain. So dopamine is one of those happiness chemicals, right, in our brain that makes us feel good. And because the way that we process dopamine isn't the same as other people, that means we're constantly seeking dopamine hits. So what we're looking for those quick fixes and our brain is is just hardwired to have all these impulses for whatever way that you have found gives you dopamine. So for some people it's you know doing dangerous acts like like the driving fast or or bungee jumping or always wanting to be, you know, always wanting to be doing something crazy like that, like those like adventure seekers. Could be spending too much money. You get a dopamine hit from spending money and getting something new. Could be trying something new or doing something new. And that's where that impatience comes in, right? And that jumping from thing to thing because we want to try something new. It gives us a dopamine hit. Food is a great way to get a dopamine hit. So like when you eat food, something delicious, you're, you get a dopamine hit. And so your brain is kind of seeking that stimulation. And that's one that I had struggled with for my entire life. As you know, that's one of the driving forces behind me starting this career as a health coach is that I struggled with impulse control. I've always struggled with my relationship with food and my weight. And I've realized that a big part of that is ADHD. Yep, you guessed it. <laughs> and the interesting thing is I had already learned a lot about the brain and how it works when it comes to impulse control and and what people view as willpower, right? And so I use a lot of strategies that work with the brain and that help you that help you use your prefrontal cortex to make decisions. So that's the part of your brain that can look ahead to the future and can make decisions based on what you want now versus what you want, or I'm sorry, make decisions based on what you want most versus what you want now. Well, I also found in my research, not only is dopamine different in the brains of people with ADHD, but also there is less activity in the prefrontal cortex. So it's no wonder that these strategies that kind of work, they worked sometimes, but didn't work all the time for me, were that way because my prefrontal cortex is not as active as other people's who don't have ADHD. So just this information has been already so life-changing in the way that it has changed. I... I'm understanding my brain and how it works. And it's made a really big difference in my self-esteem already. And I'm telling you, I've only had this diagnosis for a week. So I'm so fresh in it. And just learning about all this stuff has been so, so helpful. So those are some of the maybe negative symptoms, I guess, and the negative ways that it has been, ADHD has affected me. But honestly, The list goes on and on, first of all. And second of all, there are also positives to ADHD. So I don't want to miss those as well because, like I said earlier, it really can be such an excellent thing in your life. It can be such a blessing because to me, some of my favorite traits about myself I have learned are common in ADHD. As I was reading about it, I was like, well, dang, pretty much my whole personality is just ADHD. (laughs) So that's fun to learn too. But 
But some of those things that I experienced were our extreme creativity and really seeing things a different way than other people could, right? Like I see connections between concepts that I, I notice other people don't see. I see solutions. I'm a really, I'm really good at problem solving and finding solutions to problems. And I notice that people who most people aren't that way. I I have an idea machine. Like I have so many ideas. You have no idea. <laughs> but I will say they I lack follow through on those ideas. But I have lots of great ideas, I'll tell you. I have lots of energy and enthusiasm and silliness that a lot of people I think are drawn to and a lot of people will always describe as my vibrancy, right? Like they're like, oh, you're so vibrant, especially after I created the vibrancy guide. I think (laughs) that people associated that word with me, which is wonderful. But I think a lot of that is that ADHD, just like kind of silliness and maybe childlike behavior, just looking at life a little bit less seriously. Like I like to dance and sing and bring lots of humor to situations, particularly the dancing. That was a lot of hyperactivity. I dance around my house all the time and sing around my house all the time. Also, all these things are ADHD and I had no idea. I'm really spontaneous. I will, you know, jump at the chance to do something fun I'm spontaneous most of the time. I'll say that. And I'm really daring. I'm not afraid to try something new. And and a lot of people seem to be like, a lot of people are kind of shocked by that, you know? So it has a lot of upsides. ADHD has a lot of upsides. It's not all doom and gloom. And in fact, like I said, I think some of these traits are my favorite traits about myself. Whew. So I will be honest This episode was a doozy to cover, but I know that it will be so important for so many people. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to record another episode talking about the process of diagnosis. So how did I go about a diagnosis? What did that process look like for people that are interested in this topic? And the podcast in general, the Vibrancy Radio, Vibrancy Radio, will be taking a new direction. And so I do want to tell you about this new direction so that you can make a choice whether you want to stay or lovingly go. And either way, I completely understand and honor your decision. But from now on, this podcast will be more directly focused on helping women with ADHD with their health and fitness. So rather than just general health and fitness and wellness information, it's going to be more catered to the ADHD brain and particularly adult women. Because now that I've learned this about this huge piece of me, I've realized that my health and fitness journey is a huge part of that. It's not separate from my ADHD. It's really intertwined. And my ADHD is part of the reasons I've had the struggles that I've had with food. And part of it's why certain interventions and strategies worked for me and some didn't. And so I'm really going to start specifically looking at this topic through the lens of ADHD and finding strategies particular to those people. Because I did notice a gap in all my research that I've been doing. I found some people, there's there's an abundance of information on Instagram and TikTok about ADHD in general. And they'll have little bits of information about health and wellness throughout that and how it affects our eating and how it affects exercise and all those things. 
But I noticed there were not very many people talking about just ADHD and health and wellness and and looking at it through that lens. And there's even less podcasts. I really couldn't find any podcast that was just on this topic. And there was a gap. So I want to start filling that gap. You know, especially as someone who consumes podcasts at an alarming rate. And that's probably because I can't stand to do anything boring. So whenever I'm taking a walk or I'm doing chores, I'm almost always listening to a podcast. And I've got to think some of my other ADHD sisters out there are the same way. <laughs> I want them to have a resource to be able to listen to this stuff and and absorb it while they are doing some of those daily boring chores because If you do have ADHD, you might be really into podcasts. So I will say, even though this podcast is now going to be catered to someone particularly with ADHD, there is going to be a lot of things that if you don't have this diagnosis, you still might resonate with. Because an interesting thing about it is that everyone struggles with the symptoms every once in a while. Lack of motivation, forgetting things, impulse control, etc. This is actually one of the reasons why it can be pretty easily written off or misunderstood. And people people might say if you tell them you have ADHD, well, everyone has a little bit of ADHD, right? But that's not true. The difference is that it's chronically affecting your life, meaning almost on a daily basis, not once a month you forget something. You're forgetting things daily and it's negatively affecting your life and you're really unable to intervene on your own. That is the difference. But because everyone does struggle with these things from time to time, even if you don't have ADHD, you still might benefit from a lot of the topics that I talk about because it's going to be what I was talking about previously, just in more of a streamlined way for people with ADHD. Oh my goodness. So like I said, this was so much to cover and I really only went over my symptoms. But for the next episode, what I'm going to do is talk about my diagnosis process and what that looked like and what kind of treatment I'm pursuing personally and what I am doing some, maybe some interventions and modifications I'm putting in place to help me with all those things that I was talking about now that I know about this diagnosis. So I hope that this was valuable for you. It may have been eye-opening for you personally, and it may have been eye-opening for you to maybe realize someone in your life might be struggling with these things. So my hope is really to help anyone out there that feels the same as me and didn't have this knowledge because we do think that ADHD is the hyper little boy disorder. And that's so far from the case. So if this helps even just one person realize and click in their brain that this might be something they're struggling with, then like my work here is done. Just one person, it will be all worth it. But I truly value you so much. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. And I just want to express my gratitude a little bit extra today because like I said, I am taking a new direction with the podcast. So those of you that are staying, of course, thank you so much. And I can't wait to continue this journey with you. And those of you that are going, thank you for being here for as long as you have been here. I appreciate you so much. I love you so much. And and yeah, I just appreciate you guys being here. I really do. 
So if you want to connect between episodes or you want to connect in other ways and see what else I'm chatting about, then come find me on Instagram. Bright Light Chels is my handle. You can find that in the show notes. And I will talk to you next time on Vibrancy Radio. Bye.